Welcome to the Leading on Purpose podcast with Jackie, where you will hear stories of passion, purpose, and leadership designed to inspire you to live your best life. So let's get started. Dear God, thank you for everyone that is listening to this podcast and for our guest. I ask that you give everyone favor and help them live their best life. Keep this in mind. You will never influence the world by being just like it. So be yourself, be authentic, because the world needs you. Now let's hear from our guest. Welcome to part two of Breaking the Glass Ceiling with Rich Holder. I hope you had the opportunity to listen to part one. If you did not do so, I highly recommend you listen to part one before moving forward with part two. Part one was posted on February 21st, so please take a listen to that first. Otherwise, enjoy part two where you are going to learn additional great tips from Rich on how to break the glass ceiling. Enjoy. What would you say the top three leadership skills are that someone should possess if they want to break the glass ceiling? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to tell you that without a doubt and unequivocally, the number one thing is energy. And I know people talk about smarts and they talk about all these other things, but it is energy, right? You, you need to exude energy. You have to have the energy to, to almost keep pounding your head against that against that wall. Um, when necessary, you have to have the energy to outwork people. You need to be, you know, faster, better, stronger, all these things. Um, because that's, that is in part what's going to set you apart. It is, it is um, draining, mentally draining um, to do a lot of what we do when we go to work every day. And so if you're you're not conditioned. If you don't have the energy, you slow down and, and you fall into a groove. And when you do that, you're like everybody else. And so nothing sets you apart. So, so you have to have that energy. So I think energy, energy is number one. I think tenacity is number two. Um, you know what you want, right? At least you think you know it. And go get it and keep going at it. And if it's not at this site, it's at another site. If it's not at this company, it's at another company. If it's not in this industry, it's in another industry, right? But you you keep pushing for. Um, and then I think I'm going to put it this way. I'm gonna, I'm going to say three A is is um, you need to be a voracious learner. Right? Every every um, every job, every position has what what sets the people that that are really good apart from everyone else is the nuance of the job, right? If you're, um, I don't know, if, if you're an engineer, all engineers can design a circuit board, right? But the nuance of making that circuit board a micro miniature circuit board is different, sets you apart. If you're running a business, um, the nuance of, of, you know, seeing through the PL into the factory to figure out what's actually causing a variance and, and getting right to it in a very efficient manner, sets you apart from everybody else because everybody else can read the numbers. What do you, what do you do about it? Right. And so, so, so a lot of folks go into a job and they spend a year or two or three and they say, well, I'm ready for the next job. And they've learned to do the job. What they haven't done is mastered the job because they haven't understood the nuances of the job. And so that's important because as you go higher on the totem pole, the triggers you begin to pull to run a business, to make things happen, aren't the stuff, it's not the big stuff, it's the nuanced stuff that makes you be able to do it. And when you talk to any Fortune 5 CEO or any, any folks like that, 
they always talk to you about things that are not obvious because that's that's the secret sauce. It's the nuances, you know, kind of 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 it all, right? And so, and then three B, I would tell you, three B is introspection. Um, you need to know who you are. You need to know um, what makes you tick, and you need to be honest with yourself because if you're not, you you either say, well, I'm going to conform to expectation. So my mom expected me to to do whatever it is, and so you're in this job and. You got a great car and you got a great this, whatever, and you hate every minute of it because you you are not being true to yourself. Um, the easiest jobs to do, the easiest way to knock off all these things that we're talking about here is to love what you do and to figure out what you love to do. You need to know you need to know yourself. And so every time you're doing something, you need to spend time, introspective time to say, is this, this is really what I want to do. This really making me feel good when I accomplish um, what I want to accomplish. And if it does, it's going to be fundamentally easy. If it doesn't, it's work. Yeah, it's absolutely very important for people to love what they do. I, I mean, they always say, um, you know, obviously when you're loving what you do, you're being truly authentic. You do your best work. You absolutely right. do your best work. So you said energy, you talked about tenacity, learning and being and looking inside and being introspective. So what about, what are some of the things that as a leader to get people to follow you, what are some of the things that you need to do really well also? So in addition to what you just shared, how do you also get people to follow you? What are some of the characteristics that are important there? Yes, I think, I think, um, I think you need to be able to listen. You need to be a great listener. Um, I, I can share with you um, for probably 50% of my career, that wasn't me, right? Um, my, my brain works at light speed. So as soon as you start talking, I have an answer for whatever it is you're, you're saying. Um, so I wasn't listening. Um, I had to, this goes, no, I'm going to go full circle. Um, a lot of work around introspection to figure out that I needed to find a way to slow myself down so I could listen, not just hear, but listen to what folks are telling me and then spend a little time sort of letting it simmer and say, okay, what do I do with that? Um, because when you do that, then your responses to folks are much more genuine. You're able to be a lot more empathetic, um, which doesn't mean you give them everything they want, right? But they understand that you are legitimately connected, that you legitimately understand. And when, and when people see that and feel that, I think they begin, they begin to follow you. Right. It isn't it isn't always about that's the smartest person. In fact, it's usually about that's the best person that uses and harnesses all of our energies and all of our collective knowledge because they know how to listen. Right? I think I think that is probably the most powerful thing um, in leadership. I think the second most powerful thing is honesty. If you don't know, you don't know. And you bring the team together and you bring folks together and say, listen, I don't know. How do we figure this out? So I may not know the answer. But I may just know the process to get to the answer. So let's let's walk through that. Um, you know, there's nothing wrong with being a little vulnerable with your team. People respect that, right? Mm-hmm. You you become human. It's not you don't you don't have to always have the S the S on your chest. Just you know, be a real person, right? Now circle back again to energy. They're going to see that you are the person with the highest level of energy, and you're pushing harder than anyone else, and so. You put those three things together and people will naturally believe in you and they will follow you, right? If they think you're honest, you're empathetic, you're, you know, you're 
pushing, you're pushing hard and you're actually listening, people, they'll, they'll follow you off a cliff. Absolutely. I mean, those are all leadership skills that I know all of my podcast guests have talked about in all the literature that I read, podcasts that I've listened to, and a lot of the people that I follow in, in leadership. And, and definitely all of those skills and behaviors are really, really important. Like you said, people will follow people that show they care and that's a listening and empathy. So with that being said, I know that you've had a phenomenal career, but I'm sure that you've had some challenges along the way. So what are some of the, let's say the top one or two challenges that people typically face in trying to break the glass ceiling and and how do they overcome those challenges? Yeah. So, um, so it's interesting because I, you know, I actually think the challenges today are a little bit different than, um, the challenges when, when I was coming up, when, when I was, you know, I said that I just kind of sounded like an old guy when I said that. Right? But, <laughs> uh, but you know, when I was when I was coming up, I did not have the good fortune of looking up and seeing anyone, right? So it wasn't even a scenario like let me try and talk to this particular senior person because you know, because he looks like me and maybe he or she will give me some guidance. It just it wasn't there, right? Um, and so. Getting, um, getting yourself in a headspace um, that you will continue to function in a way that you're one of one continuously um, and managing your environment in such a way that you're supported um, is probably the single biggest challenge of breaking the glass ceiling. Um, because here's the reality. Um, the world is the world. At that time, no one was giving me anything because they liked my face, Right. If I didn't know how to make money, if I didn't know how to drive engineers, if I didn't know how to do these things, no one was giving me a chance because fundamentally, most people didn't want me to succeed. So I had to overcome that. And I had to overcome that by learning how to manage my environment. You're not going to walk into an environment, I don't care who you are, you know, minorities or not, you're not going to walk into an environment and have this wonderful um, collective of supportive individuals that are going to um, that are going to lift you up, right? So you so you have to learn how to manage your environment. So so listen, I'm a big fan of of you know kind of the the basic premises of all developments, right? Learning and understanding personality types, right? And and how do you help you know how do people react to certain things and what makes them tick and so on? And you have to spend the time doing that. So so you can play to the audience so the audience can support you. And, and all, too, all too often, we don't do that. We demand support, right? Because we deserve it, because we're smart and we're hardworking and we're all these things, and we deserve it. But guess what? It doesn't work that way. It just doesn't, right? We have to form a collective that it's very clear and present that we will be supported in something like that. And to do that, you've got to know how what makes people tick. And when you know what makes them tick, you can manage your environment to support you. There are people every day that don't want to like you. That doesn't mean you can't make them. So what I hear you saying is that people have to get to know people, understand what's important to them, and then adjust to what's important to them. And but yep. I, and, and in that, I know it's not necessarily either losing yourself either, because a lot of times what you hear from people is they, they don't like to be political. They don't like to play the game, right? I'm going to be me. And if they don't like me, then they just, you know, so be it. So what, what's your thoughts on that comment? <laughs> yeah, look, I, I've never, I don't think I've ever had occasion where I wasn't me. 
right? But that's not the same as me not playing the game. I mastered the game, right? I, I learned, and I go back, I learned how to control my environment. I learned, um, you know, communication techniques that were geared to the individuals so I could garner the support that I needed. Doesn't mean I'm giving myself away. If I know that, you know, whatever, you're an, you're an introvert and, you know, you get your energy from, you know, being by yourself and so on and so forth. And, and I give you an environment as a leader that allows you to do that. You become my support. Whether you like me or not, you become my support. You say, okay, that guy gets me, right? The next person that's bouncing off the wall and they're a type A and, and you need to put them out front and challenge them all the time, you do that. And, and this becomes an individual, very, very strategic game. And when you manage that environment, people support you. But you have to, you, you will be somebody different to each person, which doesn't mean you're not you. It just means you're using the full complement, the complete portfolio of that knowledge base that you have around how people, around behavioral sciences. Yeah, that's a beautiful example that you get, just gave. And it's so very true. It's not changing who you are. It's meeting people where they are and yep. creating an environment where they can thrive, which what Absolutely. a leader has to do that. A leader has Absolutely. to do that. All right, well. Rich, we're going to shift gears here. We're almost done. I want to, I'm going to ask you a few fun questions and I just want you to respond with the first thing that comes to mind. Are you ready? Oh, this is scary. Okay. Sure. <laughs> first question is, what is your favorite song to sing when no one is listening? Oh man. Wow. Um, so it's going to sound crazy, but there's a, there's a song called Gaga Gaga. It's a mix with Will Tracks. It's a great skate song. That's my song. Oh, okay. I don't know that song. <laughs> you still skate today? Are you still skating? I, I'm, I'm going skating tonight. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. You must skate backwards, I'm sure. Yeah. Backwards. Uh, do a little bit of everything. Okay. Awesome. Next question is, what food could you never give up? Oh, man. I'm a Trinidadian. I could never give up my curry chicken. Your what? Curry chicken. Oh, okay. You never give up my curry chicken. And for Crazy. those of you who knows West Indian food, we eat a lot of roti and, and I can never give up my roti. Okay. And my last question, when you were dating, what was your best pickup line? So my best pickup line always was, hey, can I just talk to you? I don't have any wraps, so can you just give me a break? <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> All right, Rich, we're going to um, finish up with a couple of questions. Um, what, is the, what are a few things that you do to personally stay focused on strengthening your leadership skills? You already talked about being a learner yourself, but just what are a couple of things that you do to stay focused on developing as a leader? You know, I, I, I still spend a lot of time, you know, staying current with um, the latest sort of behavioral sciences thoughts. Um, it. It, it's really an incredible how much it can help you not only professionally, but personally, right? Um, just so maybe a, a quick story. The, the very first time I took um, a personality profile, I, um, I read it, I read the results and I was like, this is absolutely wrong. And so I came home and I was telling my kids about it. My kids was like, oh, no, no, that, that's you, dad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know who you think you are, but that is, def that is definitely you, right? And so, and so that, opened, that opened my eyes. And so... So, um, you know, I spent a lot of time looking at the data um, around that, around how to, I think you said it well, how to meet people where they are, because that's a safe place for them. 
And so you can, you can motivate them. You can get them to do things. You can teach them things in that safe place. You force them out of that place. They're not, they don't want to play. Right. So I think from a leadership perspective, I do that. I spend a ton of time still with introspection. I think it, again, it works for me, um, whether, you know, I'm, I'm standing in front of a, a group of, you know, folks at, at, uh, at my company or whether I'm, you know, chatting with my wife, it's, you know, you've got to know what makes you tick. Right. And there's a, there's a, there's a theory called the blade of grass theory, right? It, it, you know, it says you need to know who you are, right? Cause the blade of the tendency of a blade of grass is to stand straight up. And no matter what happens, that blade of grass is going to stand straight up. The trick is to know enough about yourself so when the wind blows to the left, you can allow yourself to go to the left. And when it goes to the right, you can go to the right. Your tendencies are not going to change, but your flexibility can. And so that's where um, a lot of the introspection is going to help you do. The more you know about yourself, the more you can allow yourself to be um, to be flexible. And I think the third thing I do is I, I stay up on markets. Right? I, 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 am, I try to always be informed on what's going on in the markets that I play in, because I think it's one of the key things that you can demonstrate um, as a leader is relevancy. And so um, I stay up on it. That's excellent. I, I love those those pieces of things that you do. Um, just going back to learning, I, I love what you're saying, Rich. So what is the, the best and worst leadership advice that you have ever been given? So the best leadership advice I, I've ever got. Believe it or not, I got it from my dad, right? And so you can tell, I tell a lot of stories, but but these are things that are instrumental in my life. So when I uh, when we moved to Long Island, we got a beautiful new house and the house had uh, wood floors, right? And my mother immediately, because this was the thing you did at the time, covered them with carpet, right? So my whole life, I thought every time you see carpet, there was beautiful wood floors under the carpet. <laughs> so... I buy my first, I'm 26 years old. I'm living in Southern California. I buy my first house. I'm like, this is no problem. This carpet's terrible. I'm going to rip it up and I'm just going to polish the floor underneath. So I grab the carpet in the middle, I rip the carpet off to find nothing but plywood, right? It's a mess because I'm like, I call my dad. I'm like, where is the board? He's like, are you a fool? There's, that's just our house, not every <laughs> house, right? So I'm like, okay, so now I don't have any money. I have to learn. Um, to, to do um, to do the flaws myself. So I go out, I buy a bunch of tile. I'm like, if 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 another man can do it, I can do it. So I read the book, I, I redo the floors, call my dad. So there's no FaceTime with me. Call my dad. I'm like, hey, I just did the floors. I'm so proud of myself. I'm looking at it. It's wonderful. I wish you could see it. How do you think I should judge it? And my dad gave me the best piece of advice ever. He said, listen, go to the front door. Look at the, look at the house. Look at it really deeply, right? And if it looks like you did it, do it over. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Best piece of advice I've ever got. <laughs> that's funny. I love that. Yeah. What what about the worst leadership advice that you've ever been given? <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, there there there's a lot of people that that um will will tell you they they're from the school of fear. Um, you know, they'll tell you things around, you know, keep them afraid, you know, um you know, just throw money at them. I worked for a lot of folks like that, right? And 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 that to me is is just a hundred percent the wrong way. But is it is amazing how prevalent it still is. Um and and um and people hold to it. But I think it's horrible. It's just horrible leadership advice. You should never lead by fear, um, ever. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you can get short term results through fear, but not long term. 
and, and people sure. will not stay with you long-term. So absolutely. Sure. So sure. I'm going to finish up with the final question here. And that is, what is your favorite quote and why? Oh, that's a great, that's a great question. You know, I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure. I think I may have to go right back to my, to my story with my dad. I, I you, you have no idea how many times that that rings in my head, right? Um, <laughs> Because what he was saying to me was, it was all about professionalism, right? It wasn't, it wasn't about my individual talent. It's like, if you do your work as a professional, it looks professional. If you do it like, you know, like some guy on the side of the street, that's what it looks like. And so you have to strive to have your work look that way. And so I think I go right back to that same thing, right? If it looks like I did it. Do it over. Okay, that's great. Well, Rich, it's been such a pleasure chatting with you. Congratulations on your tremendous success. You have shared so many wonderful things about how to break the glass ceiling and congratulations to you on doing that. And I know that you mentor and help a lot of other people. So really great job on helping other people as well. So thank you thank so you. much for your time, Rich. All right, thank you so much.